welcome back to another episode of Three in the Key. With you as always, my name is Shane, and I'm with my good buddy, Brendan. Uh, we're without Connor this week, but we're not going to miss a beat. Brendan, how's everything going, dude? You were uh, just on a trip somewhere, right? Uh, just on a trip. Cannot be happier to be back on the pod. Um, three in the key. We, we spend more than three seconds um, in the key. So, uh, yeah, just got back from Colorado um, yesterday. I was there for a few days visiting one of our uh, loyal listeners, Kevin. Shout out, Colorado. Um, yeah, we bounced around. We camped a little bit. And uh, it, was, it was really just a nice getaway um, from, from the city, from, you know, the, the hustle and bustle. It, uh, yeah, it was just a, a breath of fresh air, except it was tough to breathe. So that was it. Anything? Uh, uh, yeah. Altitude, altitude sickness. So have you have you been out there? It's a real yeah. thing. I real. um I've gone twice. Uh, hoping to do a um another trip next year. This is my buddy Ben out there. But um yeah, I my company I work for Dish. You know, just to give our listeners a little peek behind the curtain. And uh, our headquarters are in Denver, so I've gone out there for work and uh, gotten new poke around hopefully go see a concert at red rocks next time but uh yeah. love denver mile high and, and actually i got to see a concert at red rocks i saw the revivalists on, on friday night Ooh, um yeah nice. it was it was very nice we actually um somehow got like one of like seven spots uh to tailgate in that are basically parked underneath the ledge of actual red rock like it's like it's just like a random little like cave area almost but it has enough sun um so yeah we got to see them uh and then you know we were we camped at ten thousand feet and i could barely like walk without losing my breath um so quick story <laughs> love kevin but forgot the tent and the sleeping bags <laughs> no way we and kevin's like uh hey brennan like we were can you grab the green bag and i was like oh yeah yeah Green bag, green bag, green bag. And he said, the second I said green bag, the second time, he knew that he forgot it. <laughs> he knew that I could not find it because it would have been a huge green bag full of tents and, and sleeping bags. Um, so, yeah. So, we slept in hammocks and it dropped down to pretty cold. It was uh, around 50 degrees, maybe, uh, uh, while we were sleeping in a hammock in, in the wilderness, 10,000 feet. Yeah. So, it was, a, it was a fun trip, though. We had a great time. That sounds like a uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, but uh, the younger version. That's pretty wild. I love that. Uh, shout out to Kevin Gray, because not going to lie, uh, not surprised. Haven't seen you in a few years, but uh, not shocked there. I mean, and the thing is, everything that set the camping trip up for like success was there, except, like, except the most necess- like most necessary thing. So, I mean, we, we had all the, the food, and Kevin... Uh, he, he even made like pulled pork and mac and cheese for on the grill. It was a, uh, it was really something. You know, uh, this is kind of perfect though. You know, obviously we're a basketball podcast and, and love to incorporate uh, kind of what's going on in our lives into it as well. But since we're talking basketball, let's get into that nuggets uh, playoff series. Nuggets versus Suns. What do you think of that, Brent? Well, so that was uh, that was completely in play for things we would do. So we bought the tickets to the concert months ago, 
And then Sunday night, we could have gone to the, the, the clinching game. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty dominant showing by the Suns. We don't have to really, like, um, I think point that out. Uh, I, I, I just I enjoyed the series. I think Denver kind of rolled over on its back, which was a little upsetting. Um, the Suns kind of just, you know, once they showed that they were the better team, I don't think there was much, much fight. Um, I'm wondering, I want to know, you're watching the series. Is there actually a difference if Murray is playing for Denver? Because everyone saw it, it, you know, them get dominated. But you throw Jamal Murray, and that's the what if. That's the big what if. What's the difference? What happens in this series? I think you have a uh, another twenty point score, and uh, it takes a little bit of the burden off other people. Barton can be a heat check guy. Monty Morris can be a heat check guy. It changes the series. Now, do I think that the Nuggets would win? No. I think the Suns team, I love it. They got a lot of veteran leadership. And DeAndre Ayton is making a push. He's going to make himself a boatload of money. Um, so I, I think the Suns don't sweep. That's what I would say. I think it would be Suns and six. Uh, that's, that's my thought. But obviously, hypothetical, Jamal Murray, you know, didn't play. A lot of Monte Morris, a lot of Compasso, and a lot of Austin Rivers, who I thought Austin Rivers played well in the playoffs. But those are guys that shouldn't be averaging 20 to 30 minutes a game. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I think that it might be a big enough difference that Denver actually could have won this and, and actually like very much had a good chance of it. Murray back, and let's not forget CB3 didn't like limp through this uh, matchup with Compazzo guarding him. Okay, so you throw someone that's an actual NBA starter, and they're giving pressure on him on the defensive end, which once again, Compazzo. Um, that then that's a whole different ballgame. I think Chris Paul isn't nearly as effective, which uh, clear, clearly limits Aiton's um, ceiling because Chris Paul is like setting him up for this this bag that you're talking about which is which is going to happen Aiden's getting his money and that that's great um but it allows Jokic to be Jokic and I think it, it really showed towards the end of the last game that Jokic was frustrated by you know being undermanned like he lost it and I and what do you think about that that last game that foul call the the double um what double not tech it was the the flagrant um I thought, I mean, he hit Cameron Payne pretty good. Uh, now, did I think that he should be ejected for it? No. I think, obviously, the game's changed. But, you know, we grew up fans of the Knicks. Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason, LJ, all those guys were, were throwing, even go back to the 80s, Xavier McDaniel, Dennis Robin, they're all throwing much worse than that. They would laugh that, that, Joker got ejected for that. It wasn't a love tap. It was pretty aggressive, but like he wasn't trying to take the guy out permanently. I think it was an overreaction on the refs. I, I'm really torn too. I think I was less torn before you just made that, that, I don't know that point right there. I I feel like um, it is nothing compared to what was going down. And like, maybe it was a flagrant or attack, but it wasn't a double. Like you weren't kicked out. Yeah. Um, but then like 
the NBA nowadays, like he he wound up pretty hard and, and took a swing at him, like at the ball, but hit him in the face. And like, was it intentional? Like, you have to say, yeah, right. Like, you have to say, like, he purposely hit him in the face because he hit him. He was going for. He was frustrated. And he was going hard. Like, um, that's just what you. That's just what you got to do. Did you see the clip where Jokic's brothers? Yes. In the stand. Yeah, can we talk about that for a second? Like, not only is jo- Joker's like six ten, almost seven foot. His brothers are probably six eight, six six, <laughs> huge dudes. And, huge. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm with them. I have their back in a fight. Those guys are monsters and looked like they were ready to rip jugs, jug oh, yeah. yours. I mean, home game, like you're in on that. Like you're you're storming the court if they are. Whatever the Joker brothers do, I'm in. Um <laughs> forever. Like, yes, sir. It kind of they kind of remind me as outcasts in um or I mean a uh, part of the skit, the Burt Kreischer skit, the machine, where he's in Russia and he's robbing the train uh with the Russian mobsters. That's what um, I know. The Jokic are Serbian, so not to offend any of our listeners, but like that's what I'm picturing. I mean, all our listeners abroad, you know, we we ask for some leniency on the on the understanding of the differences. Um, yeah. All right, last question on this this that I have: um, the Suns Denver. Uh, what do you think? How how does this make you think about Devin Booker? What's he at? How have you changed your opinion since the beginning of the playoffs? I always um, have had faith in him. I think that he's, one, an incredible shooter. But, like, this year, I mean, Chris Paul's obviously helped, but it started in the bubble last year, and he's just taken it up a notch. But he even had 11 rebounds and four assists in the game. Like, he's becoming a more complete superstar. And I think he he's ready to take the leap. I I like it. I'm buying Devin Booker stock. Uh, what do you, what do you think? And the guy and like I text you about it all the time. They're not just Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. Like this team, Mikael Bridges like has been great for them. Jay Crowder is a he's a leader. He's a leader on that team. He's a vet. He's been you know he's in the finals last year with the Heat. Like. The guy's an absolute gamer, and he's changed it. And then off the bench, Cameron Payne's been nice for them. Cam Johnson, they panned that draft pick when they reached for him, but he's been doing great. Torrey Craig, you know, the the Nuggets missed him. And uh, Sarge. So, I don't know. I like them. I like the Suns to make a run. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a world where every name you just named was on the worst team in the NBA. Like, <laughs> not yeah. everyone, but Torrey Craig. Dario Saric, like, like there, there's just a, a world like that. So, I mean, I think they they do have a supporting cast that is stepping up. Um, I do, I, I like the beginning though. You started with Jay Crowder, and Jay Crowder is like a streaky shooter, but he is he's a leader. He he brings game, um, and you need guys like that. Like he he's always there for when you need it. Going back to book though, so so I think Devin Booker, um, I I think he like could be taking that step but he hasn't yet like cp3 is carrying his team right now and they go as he goes he cp3 was was hurt and they lost and then he's back then and, and they win um he's i think booker could be like 
me, I don't know if this is too harsh, but he could be a little bit CJ McCollum. I think that that might be like where he's at right now, and he could take the step. But you know, what's to what's to make him better than CJ McCollum? Um, well, I, I think that's insulting. Um, because what he's averaging during these playoffs is is pretty uh insane i mean guys putting up about 30 a game he's not shooting great from three but he's putting up 20 25 a game seven or eight rebounds four assists um so i wouldn't say cj kind of disappears and he kind of reminds me a little bit like chris middleton type like book will show up like books had he was the is he he's the youngest person to ever have 70 points in an NBA game, right? Yeah, easily. Yeah. I I like you know, ball don't lie. I'm a he's 24 years old. Like this guy's just gonna keep getting better. Yeah, well uh we'll we'll see. I mean I, I think it's only benefiting him in the long term by playing with the greatness, the point god, Chris Paul. So all right, let's move on. If you have any last comments on Suns Denver? No, and I I just was wrong. It, it's he, he's averaging twenty eight, seven and five for the uh, playoffs. I just read what he averaged in the um, Denver series. Okay, both helpful. It, it it speaks to his ability also to adjust too. You know, like I feel like he stepped up his rebounds, um, lowered his scoring in the Denver game series. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see how he he comes out. I mean, he the guy can score. I, I guess that's the point I was making with CJ McCollum that he might, he could just be a scorer. I think he's proving that he's otherwise right now. All right. Next, we got Clippers, Utah to round out the West. Um, if we both have predictions on Suns, Denver, oh, that's already over. Never mind. <laughs> um, Utah, Clippers, where do you, where, where are you at with this uh, matchup? So um, it's, I'm making this decision not based on the coach. I I like the Clippers. Um, I just think that, you know, Kawhi, like that's really, that's my reasoning. I just think Kawhi Leonard is the second best uh, or the best player. Like Donovan Mitchell's been on another level lately. So but... wait, go, go back to Kawhi though. What about his knee? He, he he sat out the end of uh, the game last night. Yeah, I mean that's a great point, but I've been looking at the injury report and it's not listed yet, and they haven't called him out. So, you know, guys, a two-time NBA champion, you don't uh, and Finals MVP, you don't want to uh, count him out till Ty Lue starts to suit up at point guard. Um, but what they've been doing that I kind of like is Paul George has been getting some reps at point guard. And, you know, he's 6'9", 6'10". That's helping. Like, obviously, the guy has a reputation of falling apart in the playoffs. But when you put, like, a match matchup nightmare that the Jazz don't have, like, Conley can't guard guard him. So that's just, like, kind of a uh, advantage that they're able to exploit. And, you know, they have some role players, vets on that team. Like, I kind of like the Clippers to win the series. But what do you think? All right, not to get too far away from this 
Paul George or Ben Simmons, who you're rather, rather starting in the in, as point guard? Paul George. All right. Can score. So I'm I'm looking at this matchup and I can't disagree with focusing on Kawhi Leonard. I mean, I, I'm I'd be I'd be lying if I didn't think that he was the most um, impactful player in this whole series and has the ability to swing championships. He, he, he's that caliber of a player when he's playing. On this pod, I have called him out for not being what he used to be. I agree that that's still true. He is not as good as he was when he was on Toronto. But he, when he's trying and when he's healthy, is, you know, as, I think he's probably the best player in the league <laughs> um, it, when he's at his best. Yeah, and and but yeah, let's say the Jazz. So, do you think the Clippers beat the Jazz in the series? So, I have, I mean, I have a lot to say about that. The Jazz. I mean, do you, do you, do you feel confident about your decision? Because I, I think the the Utah. I mean, we we can go into them, and they they haven't even had Mike Conley healthy yet. So, what what could happen when he comes back? I I mean, he can definitely change the dynamic. Like, I don't think it's – I'm not saying the Clippers, like, run away. I would say Clippers in seven is what I should have prefaced with because they've eked out every matchup. It's not like – it's not like the Clippers are running away with the series. So yeah. so it could very easily be Jazz in seven. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Conley but, comes back. Yeah, I, I, I think, though, I, I, I would say – I would side with if they do go to game seven – um, which they're they're two good teams. I think Utah's actually a better team, but in game seven you take Kawhi. Like I think if there's a time that Kawhi Leonard can will his team to victory, it's a game seven. Like he he just keeps them as close as he possibly can. I'll take him. Yeah, he's proven. I don't know. The one thing that I've kind of noticed, and we were talking about it before the pod, like with the Jazz, they have kind of a cast of characters on that bench, like guys that. You know, there's some mystery around. Like, why are they playing George Niang 13 minutes in the last game when there's perfectly good Ursan Ilasova just waiting on the end of the bench? You know, little, uh, do you know about Ursan Ilasova? Ursan Ilasova is definitely one of, um, one of the NBA, uh, I guess side pieces that I've, I've been interested in and a fan of for a long time. Definitely started from his value in fantasy one year that must have been years and years ago. But um, no, all the respect for Ursan. What do you think? Of, what, what do you like about Ursan? Feel like you got, um, got something. Yeah, no, like yeah. You know, obviously, we're well researched on this pod, and uh, you know, like to to dig through, you know, some articles. But Ursan's fascinating because not only is he a six ten floor spacer that shoots 37 from beyond the arc for his career, but he's listed on Wikipedia as 34, but kind of has a little shades of Danny Almonte, um, to be honest for, our, you know, our little league world series fans out there. Cause Ursan, um, is allegedly, and I say allegedly from Turkey. Uh, but when he, he kind of came out of nowhere and by nowhere, I mean, his dad in 2002 registered him as a Turkish citizen at 15, saying he was 15 years old. 
but about a month earlier, an 18-year-old named Arsan Ilasov from Uzbekistan crossed the border into Turkey and went missing. So Ersan Ilasova, it is widely rumored that he's not 34, he's actually 37. And he's not from Turkey, he's actually from Uzbekistan. And uh, this has been a cover-up in, you know, like, and it's been rumored in the EuroLeague for years. And it's just, you know, basically what I'm saying, fascinating story, but he needs to get some more burn over uh, 37 or not over George Niang. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just debut that story on the pod? Um, everything I know about Ersan Eliasova is a lie. This is a this this is mind blowing. Yeah, he was uh, he was an eighteen year old playing in the under eighteen too for Turkey and crushing it when his name's like Arsan Ilasov <laughs> instead of Ersan Ilasova. So not much of a name change there, but not much, but that was, I mean, just enough that you can definitely pull it off. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. And you know what? It even makes me think there, there's a lot of good stories out there and this is the pod where you'll find them. Yeah, absolutely. So does my, um, Ersan Ilasova story change your thought on the jazz winning? Well, the real thing about the jazz, um, besides <laughs> I mean, that impressive um, character they have uh, is Ingles, O'Neal, and Bog, Bogdan? No, it's not it's Bojan, right? It's Bojan, yeah. But Boyan, Boyan, Bojan. Boyan, yeah, sorry. Um, but the, the, that trio is actually one of my favorite trios in all the NBA. Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, and Boyan Bogdanovich. They are all savvy passers, play defense. I mean, it is it, it's a pleasure to watch those three guys play ball together. They shoot threes like they're so fun. They rebound. Oh man, I I love that trio. Yeah, I agree. They're they're a scrappy bunch. Um, Joe Ingles is like sneaky hilarious too. Yeah, he's an Aussie. Yeah, he's he's hysterical. He, he like, pokes fun at everyone that guards him. Yeah, and he's like he's big. <laughs> These three guys are all underratedly big. Like they have big guys. Is Ingles the smallest and he's 6'6"? Is he only 6'6"? Because I'm telling you, he he was – who did we call – it was Luke Kennard. He was guarding Luke Kennard and he was making fun of him. And Luke Kennard oh, he's had, 6'8". Yeah, I was going to say, he's taller than Luke Kennard. I was, I was going to say I thought Joe Ingles was like 6'8". He was way bigger than Luke Kennard. So – and Boyang is 6'7". And uh, – Royce O'Neal 6'4", but he's a power forward. Royce O'Neal, though, is like a strong 6'4". I'm actually, I'm, I'm surprised he's 6'4". He doesn't look that, he doesn't look that size out there. They, they could be messing around a little bit. But I like what you, you were saying, though. Like, those are guys that play winning basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, a Royce O'Neal on your team, like, people are going to be like, what are you talking about? It's, he's a grinder. Like You know what? Can, it, and not to get ahead of ourselves because we won't get there right now, but he he's like a Bruce Brown right now, you know, like some guys yeah. like undersized but just balling and like he knows how to like position himself and use his strength. Um, it's always impressive guys like that. 
No, and, and but the one thing with the Jazz, and like as as we keep diving into it, it really comes down to Jordan Clarkson, right? Like their bench. Isn't... We weren't we didn't say anything about Jordan Clarkson. No, I know, but I I'm I'm saying it now. Got it. So Jordan Clarkson is one of those guys, like, and, and I can say it a little bit more eloquently. But Joe Ingles will get you twenty every now and then. Royce O'Neal maybe fifteen spot every now and then. And Bogdanovich can throw, you know, 18. But they need someone off the bench that can get you 15 to 20. And he's the option. Like, they they need they need firepower and they need Jordan Clarkson to score. And going three for 12 like he did the last game is – it's not going to cut it against a, a strong defensive team like the Clippers. And the Clippers are the best three-point shooting team in the league. So you can't you you really need to make sure your shots count against them. They're the best shooting the three point shooting team in the league. The Clippers, yeah, or or they're number two, and you know, like yeah, awesome. top two. I think um I think Clarkson. I mean, it's awesome. Actually, it speaks of how a good and well rounded the Utah is that that it took us this long to even get to the sixth man of the year. I mean, he actually won sixth man of the year. Well, like. I, I as a Knicks fan, right, can't help but associate him with our boy, you know, um, <laughs> and uh, like Randall. And I think like them two starting on the Lakers, being part of that rebuild, kind of getting shit on by like, Kobe. Um, I think it, it's great to see them both flourishing. And uh, he, I think Jordan Clarkson is a game changer. I think he's not quite Lou Williams in his prime, you know. I, I think he's got a little ways to go before like he he could just get a little better. Um, but yeah, no, I think it just speaks to how well-rounded this team is. I, I'm going to go back to it. I'm going to stick with, I think the Clippers are the worst team, but when it comes down to it, I think Kawhi Leonard is going to need to win this game. We didn't even talk about Gobert, if you want to say anything about him, but I'm going to stick with, I'm going to stick with the Clippers. I'm going to say they have enough to just squeak it out. Seven in seven. Odd thing to say about Gobert in terms of, um, scoring but they like i've noticed with um with the jazz they do well when he scores about 14 he gets double doubles right if gobert gets 14 10 and like three blocks the jazz win most of those games but the other night he was 11 8 and one block and if you're called the stifle tower and get paid as much money as gobert you really need to make a little bit more of an impact yeah, I um, I mean, you hear from some stat heads that I guess Gobert has a bigger impact than stats, but I think in the playoffs it comes down to stats, right? It comes down to blocks and steals are insanely valuable. Um, your plus or minus is going to skyrocket, especially whatever you know advanced metrics. Um, yeah, it's a it, it, it's something that you need more out of Gobert, but I don't expect more out of Gobert. You know, I don't think of him as a star and I don't think he thinks of himself as like a actual like dominant player. I think he just, he wants to be really good at defense and he tries. Well, I mean, he won defensive part of the year this year and, you know, we would, we definitely need to focus on that too. And it's kind of bad. We didn't uh, talk about him earlier, but I also noticed with this series um, and last Last uh, last game was interesting. 
the Clippers got three out of the uh, five Jazz starters with five fouls, like Gobert being one of them. And the other two starters, Royce O'Neal and Ingles, had four fouls each. So what they're doing is they're just attacking, 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 and being like, you you have to stop us. And uh, the Clippers are, are strong. So if they're going to try and out-muscle the Jazz, maybe that's how you win this series at least. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we at least both recognize two good teams. Yeah. Um, on to the East, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, and last thing, I guess, on the Clippers, too, just a quick shout-out to Nick Batum actually resurrecting his career. Not good. And then he's he's a, he's fitting a, a role and sometimes even playing center for the Clippers. So, respect. Yeah. Um, so Super impressive. And now let's get on to uh, – Let's go to the Bucks net net series. You know, just uh, to give our listeners a up to date, um, the Nets just beat the Bucks one fourteen to one hundred eight. Uh, Brooklyn leads the series three to two. Kevin Durant had a otherworldly performance: forty nine points, seventeen rebounds, ten assists, triple double. Uh, which, you know, just willing his team, you know, to the victory. Um, so what do you think of this series, Brendan? Like, who, who are the keys and, and who do you think is going to win? Well, I think uh, the keys are pretty clear. Um, I, I mean, looking at the game tonight, Kevin Durant, that's – like, I know you said it, but that this is an insane stat line. 49 points, 17 rebounds, and 10 assists in a 114-108 playoff win against the Bucs. Um, if they won this game, they're going to win the championship. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine, unless, like, it's tr- unless really James Harden is out for as long as um, possible. You, but I you mean Kyrie, Kyrie? No, I mean James, because James didn't come back tonight, did he? He played played forty six minutes tonight. James Harden. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Um, well, then, yeah, I think they're gonna win. They're gonna win the championship. Because Kerry, so, I know he's out, but I, I think Kerry could come back later, and even without him, they might be good enough. Yeah, and, and James Harden played forty six minutes, but they were they were a tough forty six. He, you know, he's one for ten, one for ten from the field, zero for eight from three. Uh, he had five points, four turnovers, eight assists, six rebounds. Um, not his best night, but the guy that stepped up for uh, for Brooklyn was Jeff Green. You know, 27 points from Jeff Green, which uh, you're not expecting. And then Durant having 49, but uh, pretty unreal hero performance from Durant because – the Bucks, I mean, the Bucks starters like Giannis was thirty-four and twelve with two blocks. Uh, Middleton had twenty-five. Brooke Lopez had fifteen. Drew Holiday had nineteen and eight assists. Like the Bucks showed up, and Durant just proved that he's one of the best players in the world. Yeah, um, this was a home game for the Nets, and the Bucks almost snuck it away. Um, I'm enjoying this 
I guess, year of, of playoffs. Because right now, what, three out of the four are, are just on home court advantage at this point. Like, whether they held exactly to that or not, it's like 2-2. Two, two. Um, and now with the Bucks next, it's 3-2, but home court advantage. Um, it's, it's, it's really bringing out old school playoffs. I feel like it's getting gritty. Um, I mean, if we, if for, for argument's sake, I'm interested in who you would take Durant or Kawhi. Cause now we're talking about back to back two of the best players that we've ever seen. Um, it's a great question. I, hmm. That's a great question. Uh, kind of battling with it, but I'm going to go with Kawhi just because if you look at that, and, and they were a gutty team, that Raptors team, but he willed that team. Like Serge Ibaka, Kyle Lowry. Like Kyle Lowry's an all-star, but like Pascal Siakam was like, you know, kind of, uh, coming out of his shell in that series, but like it was all Kawhi, and Kawhi beat the 76ers by himself. That shot is iconic that he hit, and Durant won his championship with uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and uh, Draymond Green. So, kind of have to put an, not an asterisk next to it, but Kawhi won with less. So I'm picking Kawhi. What about you? I mean, I'm sticking by. I've already on this same pod, like this episode, mentioned Kawhi. I think Kawhi is uh, is when he's actually putting in full effort and trying, which, I mean, like he does in the playoffs. It, it's it's unbelievable, unbelievable basketball. And like Durant is, you know, the best offensive player, um, at least in the game right now. But uh, I think Kawhi brings a different sort of like intuition on the defensive end. That's incredibly impressive. Like he he can just make game changing plays. Yeah. Um, who do you who do you think is going to win this series? I'm going Nets. Um, Harden is back, and they. I don't think they even need Curry. I think they're good enough to to take this this series. What do you who you got? Unpopular opinion, but it goes back to uh it's gonna be back in Milwaukee on Thursday and from what we saw from Harden tonight he's he's banged up Tyree's banged up it took a unbelievable triple double for Kevin Durant to will it and maybe he doesn't have it again I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with uh the Bucks forcing a game seven and you know, I'm going Bucks. It's maybe I'm being a hater on uh, Brooklyn, but I, I'm gonna go Bucks for this series. Uh, I I I know why you're choosing the Bucks. You're just a fan of Thanasis Antetokounmpo. That's that's your boy, <laughs> and you're just thinking like, yo, he hits the gym so hard that they they have to win. That, that, that's where you're at. I can see right between you. How can you not root for Giannis's older brother who plays for one minute a game that makes no sense? But what does he do? Box a box a shot in this one minute. He makes the most of his opportunity. That's how you win championships, Bren. Bucks in seven. I mean, he's like he's like the the overbearing sports dad to be honest. Like, I'm sure he's just on his back. Like, you could do better. Like, lift more. Um, all right. Well, 
But moving on from the Bucks Nets, last series we got right now, and possibly the most entertaining series so far, Hawks 76ers. What's uh what's been catching your eye? So I know, you know, he was everyone was chanting, all Knicks fans were chanting, Trey Young is bald. Uh, because he's a twenty four year old male that has a receding hairline. But he has been unbelievable in these playoffs. I know we've talked about like that draft is famous for him getting uh traded essentially for Luca and Aiton and Bagley, Jaron Jackson all getting drafted over him. But Trey Young's been unbelievable in these playoffs and he's really excelling being the villain. And it's been fun to watch. Like, the Hawks are fun. Like, I know they beat the Knicks, and I should be salty, but I'm not. Like, this is a young team with, you know, some old vets on their squad, and they're just fun. Like, Nate McMillan, I like the Hawks. What about you? I mean, so so just to start with your, your Trey take, um, would maybe actually try to fight Trey Young if I saw him in person? <laughs> Um, <laughs> he had 18 assists in the most recent game, and it was beautiful. And um, he played incredibly well. I mean, I can dislike him all I want, but I mean, the 18 assists when I actually watched it happen too, it was it was great. It was like. You know, he couldn't shoot over Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. The floater wasn't happening. And he was just dishing. But he could have had more assists, too. Like, he, he was he was dishing and not everyone was swishing. So, um, uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm enjoying the Hawks right now. They're having this run of being the bad guys and, you know, not being the most likable individuals. And then as a team, they talk shit and, you know – I hope they win. I hope they win this series. I I, I think uh, it, it, it's fun. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of interesting, too, because when you look on paper, this should be, you know, Philly should just walk out of the gym and it should be like no contest. But the Hawks are so scrappy and Philly's beat up a little bit. They're, they're pretty... Uh, they're like Embiid's banged up, and that's a problem for Philly. Right. I'm going to run through this right now because I think it's worth it. I'm going to go through position wise. Who do you think is the best at the position in the series? Okay, great. Right. Who is the better point guard? Uh, um, Trey Young. So Trey Young versus Ben Simmons. All, yeah, Trey Young. All. all uh, did Ben Simmons get all defensive team? He did, right? First team all defensive. And he he gets assists. He's good. You got you got Trey Young over him? For this series? Yeah. You feeling Who? playoff playoff Trey? Playoff Trey. Ice Trey? Yeah. The guy's averaging like 30 a game. He had 18 assists the other night. He was eight for twenty-six and they won. Like it's he misses and he's still playing winning basketball. It's bizarre, but who's more impactful? Like he scored 25 points on Ben Simmons, who is first team all defense and Ben Simmons scored 11 points. Like that's just simple math right there. All right. I, I got you. I feel you Trey Young. 
Now what about you? Now we go to shooting guard. Now I got I got Trey Trey Young. Trey Young is definitely more more impactful since the playoffs have started. So um, got Trey. Now you got Seth Curry versus Bogdan Bogdanovich. Not, yeah, uh, not to be mixed up with Podonovich. I mean, we named the our initial pod off him. Now we're three in the key rebranded, but uh, I like uh, I like Bogdan. Bogdanovich over Seth Curry. So I'm two for the Hawks right now. How about yourself? You are. Um, so so I, I guess I can see what you're looking at in Bogdan with, uh, you know, I, I feel like he's playing strong. He, he's he's showing some of that grit that was always like, you know, fabled. And everyone was like, oh, he played in EuroLeague championships. It's like, like a lot of people play in EuroLeague championships. But he, he he's showing up. I take Seth Curry because I think Seth Curry – is exactly the number two, like the two guard that you want. He's he's the the shooting guard. He's a, he's perfect for a championship team. Um, I would take him. He he he's the guy that when you pass it to him on a fast break and he's on the three point line, he sinks it, and that's exactly what you need in the NBA right now. No, I respect that. That's a fair take. All right, so. As far as small forward goes, right now, I think Danny Green's out. So, I don't know if we want to give Matisse Thibel. I think he's been starting, right, as a small forward. Um, Matisse Thibel versus Solomon Hill. because uh, It's Kevin Herter, right? Well, I don't know if Kevin Herter started. Solomon Hill started, um, it was last night, because uh, what's his name got hurt? Um the second year guy, DeAndre Hunter. True. And DeAndre Hunter, I thought, was a baller. I mean, yeah, DeAndre Hunter. He looks good. I would give that to, but if we're like the last game, I see that it was Herder and Furkan Korkmaz were the starters. Um, But I guess I give it to uh, Herder. What about you? You know, Herder's a Shenandoah guy. He's from upstate New York. I mean, six eight shooter. I would definitely take Herder over Corkmaz. I think Herder is a gamer. He, what about uh, Thibel? Well, if it's or Thibel, I actually think it's closer. Thibel is um great defender. Yeah, right. It's like how you piece your team together. So I think uh, if you have someone like Thibel on the court, you can make up for it in other positions. So. Um, I mean, in this matchup, I would put Thibault out there, probably over over Herder. Yeah. Okay. It's the I like playoffs. So, defense so, wins. Defense wins championship. Thibault reminds me of Andre Roberson, like before the injuries. I yeah. like it. Old defense, future guy. Okay. So what you have? Uh, so I have three Hawks, and you have I have two. two. Two, Sixers, yes, two Sixers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna change right now. Well, so who we got forward? We got Tobias Harris, and we have John Collins. Yeah, Tobias Harris, Long Island stand up, Long Island Lutheran guy. Is that the only argument you have? Because that, that's weak. Uh, well, I met him once, and we dapped up. Uh, super nice guy, but besides that, twenty. 20 points a game uh, during the season. He He's just 
at this point a more well-rounded player. I know John Collins double-double machine, but he disappears. I feel like Tobias Harris will always give you something, and there were game. There are games that John Collins like you don't know where he's at. If you call disappearing playing team basketball, then yeah, John Collins disappears all the time. Okay, he's not all about stats, Shane. He he he's willing to sacrifice his his minutes, his shots. Um, I don't know, John John Collins is a is John twenty million dollar Collins is what I call him. He's trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm choosing John Collins. I think he, I think he might actually be sacrificing a lot of his like personal glory right now, and and just you know trying to win a championship. And the Hawks would be an incredibly fun story if they won the championship. Like I'm down. I'm, I would love to watch that. Okay, so you're you're picking John Collins. I like it. Yep, I'm in Johnny Collins. I mean, last but not least, Clint Capella. Or Joel Embiid? You mean Joel torn meniscus Embiid? Because that's the real comparison right there. I know. Isn't it crazy, though, on a torn meniscus? He had 17 points, 21 rebounds, 4 assists. Like, it's he's still better than 95% of the league. Yeah. The whole world, yeah, <laughs> like ninety nine percent of everyone. Yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. He, um, he's so noticeably better when he's on the court. It, it's I haven't said this about him because I haven't seen it. I think this is actually the best I've ever seen him play. He um is just looking dominant against Clint Capella, and he just he owns that team right now, and he's injured. Like he isn't even healthy i think he missed a, a quarter last night um and and i still think that he's just the most dominant player in, in the, the game the series the series um yeah it's it's fascinating i'm super pumped to see how this shakes out who do you think is going to win 76ers or hawks for the series I'm going to go Hawks. Um, I, I think, you know, it comes down to Embiid's knee. And um, it was it was hurting him. And when we broke it down by position, I think the Hawks, you know, were a little better. Who, who you got? You go 76ers. I just think Doc will pull something out. He's won before. Yeah. I mean, they, they have a talented team. Um, this might... If Embiid's healthy, I, I do think the 76ers might be able to pull it off, but he um, he hasn't looked himself just uh, the last game. All right, any um, any last comments? What what, what have you been, uh, what do you what do you want to send us off with? Um, you know, I just uh, encourage everyone to read a little bit more about Ursan Ilasova and maybe buy his jersey if you get a chance because you know he. Uh, it says he's 34, but he's really 37. What about you, Bren? Uh, um, I guess I'll just send us off as we started. I hope everyone can uh, get on vacation soon, take some time, see some fresh, get some fresh air, and see some, you know, big landscapes, enjoy life. 
but it's been great being back for another week of three in the key. And uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. Bye, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>